Welcome to Homework, the podcast by and for people who work from home. I'm your host, Harry Marks. This is episode number 265, and we're talking about scheduling. Big thanks to NetSuite for sponsoring the show this week. We'll hear more about them in a bit. If you like the show, join our Discord where you can chat with like-minded homeworkers and listen along live as we record the show each week. Plus, grab Discord exclusives like worksheets and more. You'll find a link in the show notes. Additionally, you can reach us by email at heyhomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. We read and respond to every one. Now let's get started. How are you doing, Dave? I am doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very well as well. And I think we should, we're, we're going to have to change up the intro a little bit because we have a new addition to, to our lineup. You know, I just made a note of that here on my note card as you were talking. Excellent. So we have a Patreon. You can now go hey. to patreon.com slash homework podcast and you can support the show. We have two different levels, a $5 level and a $10 level. And at the $5 level, you get early access to regular weekly episodes. You'll get them a few days earlier than everybody else who doesn't subscribe. You'll also get access to the bonus episodes we do. If we do a special interview with someone or a special piece of content that we'll release, that'll go. That'll be a, a bonus episode. And you'll also get access to productivity worksheets. So we're going to start pulling stuff out of the Discord for everyone uh, a little bit and make it more of a, a perk for the people who subscribe to our Patreon. And at the $10 mm -hmm. level, you get the bonus episodes, the productivity worksheets. You'll get a thank you mention at the end of the show. Um, you'll get early access to the ad-free episodes. So if we have an ad that week, you'll get a mm. version that doesn't have the ad in it. There, There's also going to be a live monthly chat or a Q&A or an Ask Me Anything with me and Dave. So if you have something you want to find out or you, know, you have a question for us mm -hmm. about it, some sort of productivity topic, you can do that at the, the show, and we'll announce that beforehand. We'll have a patron-only Discord channel or two, so you can join the Discord like everybody else, but if you want to get access to the special channels, you'll need to be a, a subscriber at the $10 level. We're going to do live recording session access, so again, we record this live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, and that is going to go to the patreon subscribers pretty soon we just launched so you know we've got a little bit of time and you know we're still waiting for people to come on board but be forewarned that eventually you know you won't be able to just log into the discord and listen to us you're gonna have to subscribe and we'll also have the live discord chat during the episode recordings as well and dave's weekly review every sunday he's going to go through the review of his week and that will be a, a patreon only perk so mm -hmm. you get a lot at the ten dollar level i think everyone listening should subs should subscribe yeah, I'm kind of biased, but I agree. <laughs> uh, I just want to just be real clear. Uh, Patreon, I'm sorry, Discord is not going away. Um, everyone will always have right. access to it. And you can always yes. chit-chat with us or other like-minded homework users. But there will be some uh, Patreon-exclusive content there as well. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the regular Discord will be there, but we'll have a few channels in the Discord that will be Patreon-only. So that's yeah. all. But we're always down so to chat. So exciting news. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll you know, to... this is this is a new a new chapter for us, and I'm I'm hoping it works out. It is, and um, you know, the show has existed on and off for oh, geez, this is our fifth year, believe it or not. Wow. And um, I know that Harry and I are both really committed to making this a a great product, um, something that you're eager to look to listen to every year and uh, every well every almost year. it was every year it was every four years for a while there. Uh, listen to every week and share with the people uh, who are in your life who work from home, which is uh, just about everybody right now. So um, yeah, we really want to make this a good show and uh, the Patreon will help us do that. So yeah, if you like the show, give us some support. 
And I th- I'm, I'm thinking maybe what we'll do um, just to kick things off is when we do one of those bonus episodes, we'll release the first one for everybody as a perk um, so that no. anybody, even if you're not a Patreon subscriber, you'll get a you'll get a sneak preview of what you'll be getting when you subscribe. Um, I think that'll be a nice little teaser to bring people in. Yeah. And we'll also do fun stuff like the pencil draft. Um, yeah. That we did with the that... guys a couple weeks ago. Yeah. No, just, just those really fun, goofy things um, are nice bonus content as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm going to dive into my tool of the week. Uh, right. if you don't mind. Uh, so um, I, I honestly can't remember if I've mentioned this before, uh, but I, so I've been doing a lot of automation on um, the home stuff. And so one thing I do every month is I download my phone bill and then I upload it to my works expense report system. Um, and so <clears throat> what they said is you don't need to upload the whole bill. You can upload just the page that has the total on it um, because they pay for my phone bill since I'm, I'm getting my work email and stuff on my personal cell phone. So I said, fine, that's great. So in the old days, I would have to go into the PDF, you know, download the PDF, go in, delete all the other pages except the one that I need, save it as a new PDF, email it to myself, upload it to the system, the whole thing. It was a lot. So what I realized was, well, I have Hazel and I have Automator. And I, uh, what I did was I wasn't entirely sure how to set it up. So I went to the Automator's um, forum. The Automator's podcast is hosted by David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard on the Relay FM network. And it's mm-hmm. a show all about automation. And they have a forum that you can sign up for. And you can ask questions like, I want to do this, this, and this. What's the best way? And someone in the forum, no doubt, will have some kind of answer or response for you. And lo and behold, a couple of people gave their their ideas on how to do it. Um, I have a bunch of different options to choose from. And what I one I ended up going with, they suggested using um, split PDF, which is a sort of, a, I think it was a command line option or something. And I realized, well, there's split PDF and automator. So what I've done is um, Hazel will recognize the folder in um, on the desktop. And then what ends up happening is I have an automator action that will... Um, run a workflow that pulls out, it splits the PDF into, I think that it's like six pages in the PDF in the bill, splits them all out, deletes every page that is not page three, deletes the original PDF that it pulled from, moves that new bill into an email, emails it to my work account, and then I can download it and upload it to the system. So it strips out every step except the actual uploading of the file to the to the system. Hmm. And it was, it's great. It, it saves me a whole bunch of time. Um, and it was all thanks to the Automators Forum and the people, the fine, fine people who use it. And there are topics for, you know, all sorts of things. It's Mac-focused mo- mostly. Um, but iOS, macOS, launch cuts, push cut, which are apps on, on iOS that sort of enhance the shortcuts uh, feature. Yeah. Scriptable, Toolbox Pro, web, uh, web automations, Android automations. There is a Windows channel as well um challenges you know if you want to um help someone learn about automation you can set up a challenge for them to do and then there's like uncategorized stuff that doesn't really fit into any of those buckets so it's a great resource if you're looking to get more into automation or figure out how to automate something that on your computer or phone um it's the automators it's talk.automators.fm is the the url and i'll put that in the show notes too okay that's cool yeah dave what's your definitely tool of the week oh yeah i'm sorry i was just gonna say definitely check that out that's cool yeah yeah there's a lot of great resources in there um what do you have this week i have a good old-fashioned uh fisher space bullet pen nice 
Now, for a very long time, I've been, everyone knows I carry a little field notes with me. And I typically have a Pilot G2 in my pocket um, just because I like riding with them. I use the 05. It's very durable. I've never broken one. You know, I put it in my back pocket, so I'm sitting on it all the time. And they've just been really reliable pens. But I've noticed recently that I'm starting to get little teeny black stains <laughs> in my <laughs> rear pocket. And um, I thought it was just the one particular pen I was using. Maybe it was just leaky for whatever reason. So I swapped it out and it's still happening. And now I've I've got black stains and I wear beige pants to work. And it's pretty obvious <laughs> that that's there. So oh, yeah, I said, know, okay. You know, with a little dot soaking through. No, it's very, it doesn't look very nice. And I've essentially, um, you know, done this to two pairs of pants. So I wanted something I can keep in my back pocket. I definitely wanted a pen, but I didn't, I wanted one that wouldn't leak. So it's almost guaranteed not to leak. And so that would be something with a cap. Um, but, you know, I'm typically going to lose the cap. And I thought, oh, aha, I know. I'll go out and get one of those little tiny Fisher bullet pens that are about, you know, half the length of a regular pen until you take the top off and stick it back on. And uh, it's been great. I'm about a week in. Um, no more errant stains. And I'm able to write in my notebook. And, of course, it has the write anywhere and on anything feature. So if I'm just leaning up against the wall... You know, typically a position that would cause my pilot to stop writing a few letters in. Um, the little bullet pen keeps going and going and going. So that's the... I used one years ago, and I, um, I think I lost it. And I felt bad that I spent that much money on a pen I lost in just a couple of months. So this time I'm going to try to be a little more diligent about where it is. But that's what I'm using this week. Yeah, I, I had the same problem once. I, I I lost one. I had to buy a new one. Um, what color do you have? Which, which color are the... Um, well, I went to the Staples. They only had black. They didn't have the silver. So okay. that's what I ended up getting. And last time I had one with the little clip, like you can hook it on a pocket or something. And that just kept popping off. And I found it very aggravating. So I did not get, get that this time. Yeah, I, I bought <clears> one. The one I, I got it on, I think it was either Jet Pens or, or Cult of Pens. I can't remember which which uh, side I got it on. But it was the... um the red with the gold inside um the gold around mm -hmm. the, the the knurling kind of thing knurling whatever it's called um so i call it the iron man pen because that's exactly what it looks like um but no, yeah, they're great. I, I keep it i used to when i would go out and like sign receipts and stuff especially during covid you know they they want you to use the communal pen that everyone signs with and no i always kept it in my pocket it's the best thing to 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 pull out and sign receipts with you don't have to touch the weird pen that everyone else touches it's great <laughs> touch your weird pen touch your weird pen well, sometimes now someone will say, oh, do you have a pen? And typically I'd always say, oh, yeah. But now I'm just, mm, you know what? No, <laughs> I don't have one. Sorry. I just secretly don't want them to use it. No, absolutely not. Oh, I, think... I know. That's how I'll know that I've got consumer confidence back when I let someone borrow my pen. Yeah, true. I, I've also got to the point where I don't, I don't lend books out either. Um, mm. I, I, I just don't trust people to return them. Um, I've had a couple disappear uh and or or get ruined i had some i lent a book to someone they ended up dropping in the pool they were swimming in so uh, <laughs> yeah no i i don't lend books out anymore sorry probably a good call yeah um so plus go to some independent bookstore and buy another copy that's probably even that's what i ended up doing because it got all warped and, and nasty and they they replaced it for me they they were like you know let me let me buy the book for you and and you know replace what i ruined but still it was like if that had been a signed copy or something i mean i never would have gotten it back 
or would have been it would have been ruined. So, did we talk about bookshop.org here on the site? I don't know if we have, on but the I, I, I've been using it. Um, it's it's a fantastic place. So, do you want to do you want to explain? Yeah, I've been using this um, exclusively since I think I discovered it last November when I was Christmas shopping. It is an alternative to Amazon. It's it's only books, so you can't get you know a Weber grill. But the whole uh, kit and caboodle here is that it supports indie bookstores. Um, you can even so when you make a purchase, some money will go to a little tiny store. And you can even search your zip code and see the list of local little stores that are participating. Um, so you know just what you're supporting. And uh, yeah, it's great. So I. We do have a cute little bookstore here in town right around the corner that I just love, but it isn't always open anymore. Um, the hours are really cut because of all the COVID craziness. And even then, you sort of have to make an appointment to get in. And it's been hard for me to do so, but I don't like buying books from Amazon. I'd rather buy it from a little space. Mm-hmm. So a bookshop.org is like an online version of that. I don't exactly know how money makes its way to the little independent store. So my little store, the Brewster bookstore uh, participates. And so from bookshop.org, I can find the Brewster store and then make a purchase. Bookshop.org will fulfill it, but this, the Brewster bookstore gets credit or some kickback from the sale, in which I'm happy to do. Yes. And and if you're you're looking to stick it to a certain very large company, uh, this is the way to do it. This is the way to do it. So there's our our third bonus tool of the week. Yep, bookshop.org. Bookshop.org. <laughs> We're so happy to have uh, NetSuite back yet again. Absolutely. To support the show. If you're a business owner, you know that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore because it is time to upgrade to NetSuite. You can stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it. Ditch the spreadsheets and all the old software you've outgrown because now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save time and money with NetSuite. You can join the over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now, right at this moment as you're listening to my voice. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com homework. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com slash homework. Again, that's netsuite.com slash homework. Huge thanks to NetSuite for the continued support of the show. Thank you, NetSuite. Harry, right. let's talk about scheduling. Let's talk about it. Um, you know, there. I, I want to make this more about a process-oriented uh, episode than one focused on the tools to to manage your calendar. I think. Yeah, talk a little bit. Talk a little bit about your the, the goal there. Yeah, so you know, a lot of there, there's some um, great podcasts out there and resources that have talked about the tools. There's a recent episode of Mac Power Users. I'll put a link in the show notes. They talked about tools, and they they did talk about process a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but they they were mainly focused on the different tools you can use, and that's great. And that's a it's a great resource because um, there are so many ways to manage your calendar out there. You've got Outlook, you've got Fantastical, you've got 
your built-in yep. calendar applications. I mean, the, the list is endless. But really mm -hmm. what I want to focus on is is how we're managing our, our calendars and, and our schedules. You know, we had, we, we had Brooks Duncan on and he was talking about how he cannot manage a family calendar the digitally um, and a lot it's funny how a lot of people <clears throat> work that way i'm the exact opposite we live on the family calendar on our digital devices um mm -hmm. so you know i, I want to go into you know block scheduling and hyper scheduling um, really make this about the different ways you can keep track of your your meetings and your stuff that you're doing all day every day during the week um, rather than focus on, you know, the tools you're doing it in. So, but with that said, we should mention, I think right off the bat, the different apps that are out there that we like to use. And the one for me is Fantastical. And I think that's the one for you as well, right? Yep. I do love it. Um, I should mention that I use a uh, Google calendar and I use basically Fantastical as a front end for Google calendar. Mm -hmm. So I just have subscribed to my one calendar. I I'm a one calendar kind of guy. I don't break it up because I figured I'm the one doing everything. So <laughs> put it on one spot. I don't keep like work and personal life separate. I have tried to get my wife on board to do a spouse calendar that I can subscribe to and vice versa. She has no interest and uh, my kids also have no interest. So as much as I would love to say we've got a family calendar up and running, we do not. For years when the kids were younger, my kids are uh, in their mid to late teens right now. When the kids were younger, we used to buy a paper wall calendar from Amazon that was like the size of North Dakota. It was huge and it had big spacious squares to write in because that's when we had to take keep track of Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and mm -hmm. soccer and, you know, a hundred other things. And we could all fill it in. And that worked really, really well because it was just at a glance. You can see it whenever. But now that they're teenagers and we're in the middle of a pandemic, you guys are aware of that, right? We're in the middle of a pandemic. The options heard, for what is, but we're in the middle of a right. pandemic. <laughs> the options for what's actually happening are very small, so we don't buy the giant wall calendar anymore because we would just write "stay home" every day. Right. Um, so the kids sort of keep track of what they're doing. Um, my wife will keep track of what she's doing and sort of let me know, and then I just put everything on my Google Calendar. So yeah, that was a very long answer to what calendar do you use, Dave? Yeah, no, no, it's it's great, and I'm I'm on the other side. So we use Fantastic, or I use Fantastical. Um, my wife uses the the regular built-in calendar app, um, but we're iCloud focused, so we're an iCloud family. Everything goes in the iCloud calendar, and I I do break Ooh. up my calendar to different sides. So I I used to have personal work and then family. Now it's personal my company calendar, which is built in through a, a profile they installed on my device. Um, okay. So everything's automatically updated on, on that side. So if I do it on my work PC, it syncs back down to my device, no matter what calendar app I'm using. Um, and then I have my, so there's family, the work, uh, sorry, family, company, and then personal. And so personal is for the tasks that only I have to do, like recording the podcast or D&D &D on Tuesdays or, you know, anything that only affects me. Um, family mm -hmm. is for doctor's appointments, um, you know, dentist appointments, oh, car, sure. right. car fixing, the yeah, stuff that, right. that involves, you know, more than one person or that we all have to be aware of. Um, and even it used to be, you know, oh, we're going to Sesame Place on the weekend or, you know, this day from this time to this time. Sesame Place. Yeah, Sesame Place. We used to go. We've like, been there. Once or twice a month. We had season passes and then, you know, COVID happened. Um, well, but, you know, that would go on the family calendar. And so she'll update it and I'll suddenly get an alert on my phone saying, oh, this has been added. And like. Okay, I guess we're doing whatever that is now. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I do it all through Fantastical. The the input method, you know, just type it out. 
you know, lunch with so-and-so on Thursday at 2 p.m., just write it out as a sentence and it pops everything where it's supposed to go so much easier than, than doing it in Apple's app where you're like, I have to pick this dropdown and this dropdown and this dropdown. It's like, no, just get it in, get it out. Yeah. This might be weird to say, but I want to talk real quick about what goes on a calendar because I have very specific rules for myself. Okay. For me, it's something that can has to happen on a certain date. Now, I know that seems really, really silly, but let's say if you look at your to-do list, which is elsewhere, you might have, you know, put the trash out because that happens every Tuesday. Great. So that definitely belongs on a calendar. But let's say you have scheduled oil change for the car. Well, that doesn't necessarily necessarily have to happen on tuesday let's say it happens has to happen this week i won't put that on my calendar that will stay on my little to do because that's not tied to a day whereas um my uh eye appointment for my new prescription is going to happen on wednesday at three that goes on the calendar so for me i'll only put something on there if it needs to happen on a certain day and or time if it's sort of more nebulous like schedule an oil change with the car well that can happen you know, any time before I hit 3,000 miles. So that I would put on the calendar. I know that's really nitpicky and weird, but <laughs> I wanted no, to mention it. But it, it speaks to a, a greater conundrum for people, I think, which is what goes on my calendar. Do I put everything on my calendar? Do I put, and that this will go deeper into the, the hyper scheduling and the block scheduling. But for example, for me, we're leasing our car. I have to make an appointment at the dealership to take it in. So that does go on the calendar because it's a specific day and time that I have to go mm -hmm. in. But like, you know, if I blow a tire on the way to the grocery store, well, that's not going to go on the calendar. I need to go get my car fixed. Um, so, you know, that's, there, there are differences there, but I, I, yeah, I'd also definitely. like to, I'd also like to to then ask, you know, do due dates for things go on your calendar? If something is, you know, if you have a, a deadline for something, does that go on your calendar or is that a to do? So like if my TPS reports are due on Friday. Right. Or, you know, I need to get an article in by, you know, close of business on Thursday. So does that go on the calendar so you don't forget? Or does that go on a to do list and you just sort of get bugged about it until it's done? Um, yeah, that's a good question. What I usually do is I like to make the DO date a couple days before the DUE date on an item that has the deadline. The so August I'm thinking Bradley back. Method. Yeah, basically, if I'm thinking back at like when I was at AOL, even before, you know, this is well before I knew of August Bradley, I don't want to be reminded of the deadline on that day i want to be aware of it well ahead so maybe on if it's due friday like the friday before i'll put something on my calendar saying hey dave mm -hmm. this is due next friday or i'll make that the the day that i work on it so for like the friday before i'd make an event which is you know finished tps report just so i know it's done for the deadline date so i'd put down i guess i would put the action on the calendar the day i mean to sit down and work on it and do the work that would be sort of be an appointment with myself to get it done that makes sense that makes like if sense. that I, makes sense it's like yeah. one of the things i wish i could do was like when my daughter was going to ballet just before she could drive and i was taking her back and forth i would get an alert all the time saying um here's what time her appointment her class begins and i always wanted an appointment that would tell me when it ends so i know when to be there to pick her up you know and that, like you know what i mean and I, mean, I could do that 
Yeah, and and now with with things like um, you know, Fantastical does it, Apple's calendar app does it. It'll tell you when you have to leave before the thing. You know, with right when that event is right, so, which has it, happened since, and it's so great. Yeah. So, and especially with Apple's app, I think because it it'll check the traffic for you. So if it's it notice if it notices that oh, there's you know, fifteen twenty minutes worth of traffic, leave at this time instead. That's a a lifesaver. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's just the best thing. I love it. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I tend to do since since a, that is related to a task, I would do that in a task list. So for me, it would be go it would go into things. Um, it's it's hard for me calendar wise, and I've said this before to do it on paper. I cannot use a paper calendar. Um, if I use a paper calendar, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to get updated in real time. It's going to get very messy because I literally have meetings on top of meetings that get scheduled five minutes before one meeting ends uh, for the next half hour or the next hour. So if I'm in a meeting from two to three, at 2.55, I will get an invitation to a meeting at three o'clock. Um, and it's Your just, meetings have meetings. My meetings have meetings have meetings. It's, it's you know, it's it's the old meme. We put meetings in your meetings so you could meeting while you're meeting. Uh, it's really frustrating. So paper calendars will get completely obliterated for me. Um, if I, if I meetings all the way down. Yeah. And it's so much easier because, you know, you accept the invitation for work and it just adds it to your calendar and then it's automatically added to my Fantastical. So I never have to worry about managing things and moving things around because it does it for me. And, and, you know, if you work in a company where you're using an Outlook server, um, or an exchange server, you can see each other's calendars, you can see each other's open times and close times. So you don't have to worry about, well, are you ready at this time? Are you ready at that time? If you don't use an app, uh, a system like that, an exchange server, there are uh, services out there. Uh, one that we use, one of our contractors uses, because he's not in the exchange server, is Calendly. Um, have you used Calendly before? I've heard of it, but I've not used it. So basically what Calendly does, it's at calendly.com. Um, oh, and Jackie in the chat uses Calendly. Yeah, it's really cool. So what you can do is, is you can mark off what, what times you are, uh, unavailable and then send a link to someone and they can go in there and they can see what times you are available and they can pick a block of time and take it, take it basically. So it's sort of like having oh, that's a, nice. a personal exchange server and there's a free tier. So you get, um, you know, you can have one calendar set up. Um, with, you know, integrations with Google Calendar, Office, uh, Outlook, and iCloud, um, unlimited events, only one type of event. So if you if it's a meeting, that's what you're, you're doing. Um, it still has the Calendly branding. If you want to pay eight bucks a month, you then get two calendars per user, unlimited event types, no, no branding, um, pooled availability options for Teams. Um, so there's a lot of different features in there. Uh, depending on how much you want to pay per month. And if you're someone who is a contractor and you are scheduling meetings with um, clients, you know, or or different companies that you're doing business with, having something like this set up since you're not going to be using their systems, it's a great way to manage your calendar and not have to worry about, well, I'm open at this time and this time and this time, or, you know, I'm, I don't know what my availability is. Give me some times that you might have. No, send them a link. Let them pick. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think that's a great one to do. Remember, what was it called? Doodle? Was that one? Of, was that what I'm thinking of? Doodle. I want to say yes. There was a service that was very, very similar where you could basically send something out to your collaborators and have them pick a time, and then it notices which, like, one time they all agreed upon, or one time range they all agreed upon, and it made things so much easier because it eliminates the back and forth email chain 
of this three o'clock work. No, how about you know? You know, I'm trying to say oh, yeah. like a, no, one, no one wants to read all that. So it sort of outsources the non that back and forth to a little tool that will send you the person who set it up this little digest update. And it's, oh, it looks like everyone could do Tuesday one. Great. I mean, those are super tools. I love that type of thing. Yeah, and it, I mean, this this looks like it's very much designed for either small companies or even full enterprises. It looks like there's there's a pro version that um, it's seven dollars a month, um, but you get you know no ads and you can sync your meetings to calendars and set deadlines and reminders. But then it's uh, for a team, it's about fifty bucks a month for five users. So if you're if you're on a small team uh, and you need to schedule meetings, this might be the way to go. This looks really cool. Doodle.com. I'll put it in the show notes. I dare say uh, we just found ourselves a fourth tool of the week. Indeed. And and it looks like it, it – I mean, and it, it integrates with everything. Zoom, Outlook, Slack, Teams, Zapier, um, Google Meet, Exchange, Google Calendar, Office 365, Android, and iPhone. There's apps for Android and iPhone. It's um, – it's really good. And Jackie's saying it's it doodle free is great for solopreneurs. Um, so if you're just looking for something real quick that you want to set up a meeting with someone and you're a, a single person operation, it looks like there's a, a free version as well. Nice. Very, very nice. Awesome. Harry, I know you wanted to talk about block scheduling today as part of this discussion. I did. So this is something it's, I listened to a lot of podcasts with David Sparks as the host and he's, um, he is a, a huge proponent of, of of either you can call it block scheduling or hyper scheduling, and basically what he does is he sort of every every task or or like to do thing on his his schedule gets time allotted for it. So for example, you know if I'm going to do it, wake up, um, morning routine, thirty minutes, uh, you know check email, yeah. 35 mm -hmm. minutes and you know everything gets a slot in the calendar um to the point where there's like no room for anything else now this doesn't mean you know take out garbage five minutes like that's that you wouldn't do something like that for the everyday tasks but you know for um review resumes for new hires you know that might take you 45 minutes so you would block that off in the calendar so you're you're slotting in time for yourself um to do specific things because what ends up happening is you have let's say 800 emails in your inbox and 45 of them are things you need to do can get overwhelming and you don't know where to begin. So by, by setting up these, these time blocks, um, you are able to then dedicate that time for the exact thing you want to do. Um, a risk of this is often people are very conservative in their, their estimates of how long something will take. So if you think you mm -hmm. know, doing a certain task is going to take an hour and it takes an hour and a half, you've then eaten into your next block of time. So the recommendation is be generous with how much time you're going to need. Um, the, the other thing is you're going to cut yourself off from being able to, you know, life happens. So if you're blocking off your entire schedule and suddenly you need to take the car to the shop because something happened, or, you know, you suddenly realize you have, uh, nothing for dinner tonight and you need to run to the grocery store, that's going to eat into whatever you had blocked off on your calendar. Um, so there, there are pros and cons. And then the other thing is if you're doing this for your company or, or on your company account, if you block off that time in Outlook, people who go to your calendar, try to schedule a meeting with you, are going to see you have no time. Um, you are completely closed off and cannot do anything with us. So that's going to cause problems as well. So there are pros and cons, but it's, it's something I've considered because I, and I tried doing it, um, setting an early morning routine at like starting at five in the morning, going up until nine when I, my workday started and then continuing with the rest of the day with my meetings and regular work. And the one thing I did, I couldn't do. And I mentioned this on the last episode is 
I have no willpower to get up in the morning. So to get me up at five o'clock in the morning is damn near impossible if I don't have to be up that early. So it would just <laughs> blow my whole schedule to bits and, and I, I couldn't do what I wanted to. Yeah, getting up early is, uh, what's the word I want to use? Horrific. It is. I don't like it. No, I, I'm, I know there are people who absolutely love it. And if you are one of them, I am jealous. I wish I could count myself among your number. <laughs> but I certainly am not. Um, and and, and I do days, love. Um, no, I was just going to say in the old days, uh, you know, before COVID, when I was commuting into the city, I had a reason to be up at four o'clock because if I didn't get a parking spot by a certain time, I'd lose the ability to park in the parking garage and I wouldn't be able to get on the train to go into New York to get to my office. So I was up at four every morning. Uh, and at the train station by like 5.20 to catch a 5.37 train into New York City so that I could get to the office and make sure I had a decent parking spot. So I always had a reason oh. to be up that early. And it was it was great because I needed that motivation. Now I don't have that motivation because my office is 10 feet away from, you know, the living room. So I, who cares? Um, and so that, that's been my biggest problem is I don't have to get up as early as I used to, even though I, I want to, it's just like my bed is so much comfier than, you know, standing up at my desk. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you, you haven't experienced frustration until you tried to park a Ford F-150 in Queens. Oh my God. I was just say I spent a lot of time driving around. I once <laughs> drove into New York. My parents were at the, they were visiting the Guggenheim and parking around the Guggenheim is damn near impossible, but my mom had found a spot. And so the, I had just started driving uh, when this happened. They had me, first of all, having me drive in New York City when I've had my license for maybe a year is not the best. Um, and then getting to getting to the Guggenheim. So she took over, she took the wheel and she threaded the needle with this car. It was a PT Cruiser, <laughs> a Chrysler PT Cruiser. And she got into the spot that no one else in history could have gotten into. And it was a snug fit, but she got in there and my God, I was, I was so impressed, but yeah, finding parking in New York is just impossible. It is impossible. And then I learned we're a little off track now that you have to move. Like you can't be in a certain spot on a certain day. Yep, alternate side rules. Yep. I said, I said, this is crazy. I'm going to pack the Cape Cod. I go park wherever I want. Yeah, if you listen <laughs> in the morning, if I listen to NPR, you always hear, you know, alternate side parking rules are in effect. Basically, move your car. You're going to get towed or a ticket or street street swept. Uh, yeah. Right. I had to repark the F-150. God, that is not the car to have in New York. <laughs> no, it was. It's like it's like driving a Winnebago around a Marshalls. Yeah, yeah. You, if you want to drive in New York, get a Fiat. Like that. That's, a, that's yeah. as big as. Go I get a go. smart car. <laughs> yeah, get a smart car. Better yet, a skateboard. Just get a skateboard. Just get a skateboard. Yes. So I learned my lesson. Uh, but back to block scheduling. I'm also a fan. I don't take it to the extreme that David Sparks does. He's like a super fan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm more of a casual fan, and I what, something I started to do to address what you were talking about earlier was I would build in sort of, uh, I wouldn't know what to call it, buffer time is how, how, what I called it. So I would give myself like a little 20 minutes or 10 minutes on each end, 15 minutes on each end for a couple of reasons. One was to account for things like um, the car stopped working or whatever, or a conversation with a colleague goes over, or I just want to have half an hour where nothing's happening, but people don't have to know that. Make it look like I'm scheduled and being a busy bee. So that was something I used to do. I would build in that little buffer time um, so that I had 
uh, you know, basically a buffer for trouble that shows up. And if the trouble doesn't show up, well, now you've got yourself a little extra half hour to make some tea or whatever. Yeah, that's that's nice. I like that. There's also there's this cool app that I just I just downloaded it, and um, I I'm really interested in in seeing how this works. It's called Sorted or Sorted Three. The three is a little superscript, so it looks like sort, mm-hmm. sorted to the third degree. Um, <laughs> and what it does is it combines your to-do list and your calendars into a block scheduling system so um what you end up getting is so for example i've got you know if i've got on my my list you know write cabinet story um it will block off that time as part of my to-do list and i can move things around and i can i can you know if i decide i'm going to do this tomorrow i can move it to tomorrow but it'll it'll schedule things in a, in a hyper schedule way or a block schedule way based on your to-do list. Um, and it keeps everything in a unified timeline, a unified app. Um, you've got an inbox for your tasks. Um, you've got your schedule tab, a lists tab. Um, so for example, errands, notes, links, groceries, um, there's tagging involved and then there's a history tab. So you can get stats on your, your task list and how long it took you to, to, to do certain things and use that to influence huh. the next time you do them. There's um, res- or auto scheduling and, and sort of recurring schedule stuff, um, alarms. I mean, it's a really cool, really cool idea. Um, there's a free version where you get a limited set of features, and then there's a pro version. So on iOS, it's uh, $14.99, and it looks like there's a watch app as well. And then there's a Mac version, and that's thirty. Uh, sorry, $25.00. Um, for the the pro version on the Mac, so if you want, it's like forty bucks for the the two um, the two versions if you're going to go pro. Um, but that that might be something to look into if you've been thinking of doing hyper scheduling. You're not sure how to start, or or um, you know that you want to go full whole hog into that. Maybe start small with the free version of this app, and if it's working for you, go pro. Yeah, I really liked when you said just now um, noticing how long a task takes. Yes. To inform your rescheduling in the future. That's really an important thing to be aware of um, for a couple of reasons, because you get a, a hold on how long it takes to complete a certain task. But also whenever you're scheduling things um, on your calendar or whenever you're doing it, you have to be aware of like your the resources and energy available at different points in the day. So for me, I know that in the morning, like Basically, from the morning until lunch, I'm really, I'm really ready to rock, and I can do, uh, you know, intensive work. So there's a lot of thought or whatever it is. But once like two o'clock and three o'clock hits, I don't have the energy that I did earlier in the day. So if I can note, like you said, or like sorted cubed allows me to do, note how long it takes me to do these certain things. That in the future, I can look at those tasks and schedule the more intensive ones to the earlier part of the day when I know I'm most energetic and creative and ready to go. That's yes. a great uh, a great thing to be aware of is your own, you know, I don't know how I want to say it, readiness at certain points in the day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am, you know, it's funny in the morning, I am raring to go once I'm awake, like the morning is when I get everything, everything done. Because I also know that once a certain time hits, my company, which is based on the West Coast, like around 11 o'clock noon, um, suddenly the meetings kick in and the emails kick in and I'm getting bogged down left and right. So if I want to get work done, um, that means I need to get it done early. And so um, I, I get off to the races 
pretty early on in, in the day. Um, one really cool thing about, or a couple of cool things about this sorted app that as I'm going through it, so you can reorganize tasks um, pretty easily. You can also merge tasks. Um, so for example, sorted will split larger tasks into smaller, more attainable ones. And then if you decide like, you know, you're going camping and you have a bunch of stuff that you need to do to get prepared for it, you can merge them into one sort of master list for camping. Um, it's it's really really cool what they do here. Nat natural language processing like Fantastical. Um, there's an auto backup with iCloud. There's Siri integration. Um, it's it's pretty legit. I, I'm really excited to check this out. Nice. If you're looking for an analog way to track how long it takes you to do a certain task, I recommend um, David Say's Emergent Task Planner. I've talked about this here on the show before because I think it is a wonderful, wonderful tool. David Say makes paper-based productivity tools. Um, the collection he calls as the printable CEO. Um, I put a link in Discord. I'm sure Harry will put it with the show notes. This is a eight and a half by 11 page. Uh, I think A4 A4 is available as well. Yes. That lets you write down the tasks you're completing for the day. And next to each task, um, there's a series of bubbles. There's four, eight, there's 16 bubbles. So each bubble represents 15 minutes. So the idea is as you're working, um, you fill in the little bubbles. And at the end of the day, you see how much time you spent on the various tasks you tackled. If you do this for a couple of weeks, you're going to have a bunch of repeats, of course. And then you have a nice average of how long it takes you to do A, B, and C. And that will help you with your scheduling in the future. If you're more of a pen and paper kind of person, um, there's an option for you. Now, if you are the kind of person who wants a little bit of both, you want an analog touch to your scheduling and your, your timing of things, but you also <laughs> want to track it digitally, have you seen Ooh. these like dice that people use you use the they i think they start on kickstarter sometimes or um but they're they're basically like there's one here that it looks like a 20-sided die um it's enormous too it's like the size of a grapefruit um but you essentially place the the object on the desk and whatever um whatever icon is up facing upwards that's the tr the task it's tracking and it's tracking it in an app so for example there's one here it's called timeular and it's a dice, and it's it sort of looks like a diamond. And so if I place it down with the mail icon facing up, it's tracking how much time I spend doing my email. And then when I move on to something else like coding, I flip it to another side, and then it's tracking how long I code. Um, oh, Jackie uses Timular. Do you like it? Like, how, is it is it uh, is it helpful? I mean, oh, she loves it. You know, it's it's kind of interesting. I I like the idea of a physical object that you know I am working on this now. And now I am working on this. Yeah. The only thing I could see me doing is forgetting to turn it. So I can, oh, she uses it to, to export her time to bill her clients. That's a great idea. Um, I oh, can nice. see myself turning it to email and then going to coding or, or taking a phone call and not changing the icon. So for the last 45 hours, I've been doing email. Uh, so, you know, that's one thing I could see me doing. Um, but it seems like a, a really cool way um, to, to track the, the, the tasks you're doing. The one that I, I'm looking at time flip too. Um, it looks like they give you stickers that you can either draw on or write on what you're working on. And they've, they have icons on them as well. And then you stick it to the different sides of the dice and then, um, configure it in the app on your phone as to what you're tracking and what the, what the, each side corresponds to what task it corresponds to. So it's, it's an option. Um, if you wanted to buy one of these, they're, 
the time flip two itself is 70 bucks at 69 dollars uh nice and then um if you wanted to buy a pack of them it's 180 and then if you wanted um that's a pack of three and if you want a pack of five it's 270 um so um oh she sent a picture i want to can i put this in the show notes this is really cool um and then if you wanted to um buy the timular uh they are they're 129 dollars um that's for the tracker and the pro, I guess, pro level tracking. Um, if you want the tracker with basic tracking, so no collaboration, you can't export your data to use with Jira or other systems, um, that's $89. So it's a, probably a nice little entry level way into um, into the system. So that's another way to track your schedule. Hmm. This gi- I'm looking at the time flip now. This giant die seems kind of gimmicky. But I also get the idea that just picking that thing up and flipping it and putting it back down, that's going to take a second. That's just so quick. It is. But if you think about it, you know, they say you can't really multitask. There's there's no such thing as multitasking. You can't do two things at once. And when you do uh, stop doing one task to, to work on another, it takes you time to recalibrate your brain uh, to get into the headspace right. of doing mm-hmm. the task. So the act of p- moving this dice around to the icon, to the thing you want to do, sort of is, is like a palate cleanser. You're like, now I am in this mode. <laughs> now I am in this mode. And, you know, I, I would love to see you do this where you have one that's just roll for initiative. <laughs> I don't know what it would do, but just roll for initiative. It's like your productivity sorbet. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a really, it, it's it's a cool physical gimmick that probably works really well. That, you know, it's it's like a, like, <laughs> yes. a like a placebo effect. Like I'm I'm physically altering my mind state to work on this next, next task because I've, the die has told me this is what I'm working on. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. I'm, I like it. I'm in. So that's, that's really neat. So yeah, I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of different ways to, um, oh, and Jackie separates hers out by client. You know, we're going to have to have Jackie on, uh, to, to talk about this. Cause I, I, I think this is this kind of stuff. I, I would actually love to do an episode on like work from home gadgets. I think that might be a, a fun episode. Um, Ooh, there's a fun idea. Yeah. That might be really cool. We'll have Jackie on to talk about stuff and, you know, there's stuff I've bought and, you know, there's the de- the, the autonomous desk, there's, um, you know, laptop stands. And I just bought a new, uh, uh, docking station cause I needed extra USB ports. So I went on, uh, went online and bought a, like a big, I used to have a dongle that just sort of hung off the desk. And now I have this big like brick that sits on my desk, but I have two HDMI ports and six USB ports and everything goes in there now. Um, so that, that might be a fun episode. We could do a, a gadgets episode because I would like to hear more about this time thing because I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of really into this this whole idea. Yeah, all right. We'll put it in the the list of ideas. Excellent. So I think that's it. We that's That was a pretty thorough dive into scheduling. What do you think? I think it's great, yeah. Uh, if you have thoughts or best practices or uh, you're struggling with scheduling, uh, let us know. We are on the Twitter. You can find us there. You can find the show at 5x5.tv slash homework slash 265. Yes. I got it right this time. Congratulations mm-hmm. to me. Huge thanks to um, our sponsor this week. NetSuite. Which was NetSuite. Let me try that again. Take Huge care. thanks to NetSuite for sponsoring the show again. We appreciate that very much. And if you want to find more about me, you can go to Linktree slash Dave Kill and Harry. 
I am Linktree, linktr.ee slash hcmarks. And make sure, a couple things, if you listen to us out of Apple Podcasts, leave us a review or a star rating. It helps people find the show. It helps us move up in the rankings. Um, and don't forget to check out our Patreon. Uh, two levels, $5 and $10, a ton of perks at the $10 level. Um, if you are someone who gets a lot of value out of the show and you want even more value out of the show and you want us to continue to grow and, and do more fun stuff, um, please consider supporting us. Yeah, please do. Um, that's new, and we're going to be um, really diving into it and making it great. So Absolutely. thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting us. Uh, and in the meantime, <laughs> go get some work done. Bye. Bye.